Hey, what's up, Movement family? Welcome to Wednesday Night Live. We're stoked to be here with you. Hi. Hi. How's everyone doing tonight? <laughs> we got Desi here tonight. He's one of our movement missionaries down in Oaxaca, Mexico. And I am Haley. I'm on staff here as our campus ministry director. So that's overseeing front door ministries, prayer, and outreach. And we have a fun night tonight. But before we get going, if you're just showing up and you're new, we'd like to get to know you. So you can text NEW111 to 94090. One of our ministry leaders will reach out to you in the next couple of days and touch base and welcome you to Movement Church. But tonight is all about outreach. And we're going to have a fun time catching up with what Desi's been doing down in Oaxaca and what's been happening locally because a lot's been going on since everything happened with yeah. COVID and shutting down church and it it did some stuff. Yeah, a lot of movement <laughs> worldwide. Yes, all over the place. Yeah. So before we dive in with Desi and hear what's been going on in Oaxaca, uh, I just wanted to share some things that you guys have been up to and doing locally and for people who maybe don't serve in these capacities to know what's going on is super fun and amazing. So if you didn't know, we have a food outreach program that's every month. It's the third Monday of uh, each month in our courtyard. And we serve a huge chunk of community family members during that. In the last year, we've seen it go from about like 30 families to over 250. Wow, that's amazing. So we're loving it. Jacqueline Bailey runs that, and she kills it with the team and serves a huge Yay. crowd of people every month with food that uh, they would be without. There's a large percentage of people in San Diego County who live what they call food insecure. And essentially, that is that they don't know where their next meal is coming from. Uh, they don't know if their kids will eat over the weekend because they're not in school. And we partner with San Diego Food Bank to help solve that problem and put food in their pantry and in their freezer and some veggies on their table. So we love doing that. And in the flood of COVID, we also started a prayer tent at the food distribution. So Patrice runs that. She's part of our prayer team sets up and passes out Jesus films and offers prayer to people as they're coming through. So such a blessing. We love it. That's awesome. Do you guys like need help in that? Or is that why you're promoting? Or... Why, thank you, Desi. <laughs> yes. Yeah. We could totally use help. No. Are you guys like normally shorthanded? Is that or? It ebbs and flows. We have actually, I have to say, we have a couple families with armies of children and they show up and they rock this outreach they armies run around of armies of children <laughs> and they are they are running around and blessing people carrying all the stuff loading people's cars up with food and so but yes we could if you want to serve you can totally reach out to our hotline number 760-500-4888 and just type food distribution and stephanie who handles our resource hotline can get you all the information to volunteer. We didn't plan that. No, that's awesome. <laughs> I mean, I think everyone has extra time on their hands right now, right? Yeah. Some people do. Some people are working, but I would, I would say get out there and start serving the community and totally. allow the blessing of the Lord to flow through you. That sounds like an amazing opportunity. Come on. Yeah. It's fun. We work hard. Yeah, I want to go. And then we Wait, sleep. when's the next one? Ooh, what's the third Monday? Becca, pull open your calendar. <laughs> Okay, so the third Monday of July. Third Monday of right? July. That's when the next one is, and I won't be here. It's coming up. Hold on. We'll figure. The, nope. Is, the 20th of July is our next food distribution. We'd love to have you. We serve food from 1230 to 4 p.m. Mark your calendar. <laughs> It'll be a good time. <laughs> so food distribution is alive and rolling in this time. We also, in the midst of all of this, started what we're calling a stream team. And they're alive in the chat rooms right now. Ultimately, a stream team is our online moderators. So they hop in the chats during our live services on Sunday and Wednesday. Stream team? Stream team. We just named them that. And I think it'll stick. Yeah, stream team. You guys rock. They're amazing. And so, because we're finding that a lot of people attend church online before they show up, especially right now, because not everyone's comfortable joining large gatherings. And we wanted to create a space where people could 
be cared for and seen, be seen, be heard, be checked in with. So if you're on our stream right now, give a shout out to our stream team who kill it every week and love to connect with you. So yeah, reach out to great, them. There's great dialogue on the, on the stream team. Oh, it's so fun. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I um, chime in from time to time from Mexico, and, and there's a lot of dialogue. I mean, there's jokes. I mean, we have to focus on the message, and yeah, yeah we got to, like, dial that in. Yeah, we get a little a off track sometimes. <laughs> I think when you were on there one week, everyone was trying to order cheese from yeah. Oaxaca. For good reason. I mean, it's like the best cheese. Did you bring cheese? I did not. Oh. Not even per, for my personal family. I didn't bring any cheese. Okay. So we all feel better. I think I threw in a request for coffee. Oaxacan coffee is delicious. Okay. I brought coffee, but not much. Not for me. That's yeah. fine. Next time. Next He'll time. be back. Yeah. So our online team is there. They're doing an awesome job. We love that community is being reached in a unique way in this season. And then y'all heard last week, we recapped what we did with the supply drive at San Marcos Elementary. So for those of you who haven't been a part of our church for a super long time, San Marcos Elementary is an elementary school in our neighborhood that the majority of their students live at or below the poverty line. And they just have unique challenges with food, with uniforms. Uh, this school, we love to show up and clean our campus once a year. And we do a teacher appreciation once a year. We do a fun luncheon for the teachers and just a thank you for all the work that they're doing for these students. And so when COVID hit, this, this group of families went through unique challenges. And when, when things first went down, their liaison reached out and said, we could use grocery gift cards. So immediately we threw out $2,000 worth of gift cards gift cards. Wow, that's amazing. For them to distribute. That's so huge. family members, this is not just movement church, like church family members started reaching out and saying, who needs help? Who needs support? Where, where can we give? And we put together a pile of gift cards and dropped those off and then heard a couple weeks back that uh, supplies were in need. So soaps and laundry detergent and toothbrushes and toothpaste and so the church just rallied around this and I mean we had church family members shout out to the elders in Texas I hope I'm saying your name right elders that sent in they mailed in a package of supplies that we were able to give to SME and Virginia Audrey's mom made these beautiful face masks they're for really the cool. staff they're beautiful they're two-sided they got the little nose Thing, yeah. So you can breathe better. And it looks like this, I promise. But they're beautiful and bless the staff with that. And then one of our church uh, family members, La Renee, reached out to her company and they donated 200 toothpaste. So the church just rallied around. A lot of generosity. So much generosity. And then we did $1,300 gift, $1, in gift cards Wow. for this Con, uh, this community in our neighborhoods. And so we're just loving the generosity that's flowing, even in a season where we're all feeling the challenges and the tension going on. And then one more thing that's been going on that we absolutely love and we're celebrating is stories have been happening of, cause we've all been home more and spending more time in our neighborhoods. So we're hearing from so many people that their relationships in their neighborhoods are expanding. That's amazing. And they're growing and they are like actually getting in there as the hands and feet of Jesus right. being light. Faith and, and action. Totally. Yeah. And busyness is not an excuse anymore Amen. <laughs> to not reaching people. <laughs> And so we're actually investing in our neighborhoods like we're called to. And so we're hearing so many testimonies of neighbors who are watching church online mm -hmm. or they're meeting in their neighborhoods, throwing out lawn chairs and having community happen in their neighborhoods. So it's so cool. Family, you're doing amazing in this season, being light and love to the world around you. And we were meeting with Julie yesterday and talking about eternity and this, I think we as missionaries, let's be honest, Yes. <laughs> have that lens uh, just plumbed within us. And 
for yeah, me, we were I'm getting excited. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Talking about eternity. Yes. Right. Like eternity's on the line for people. And that is how I walk out the door every day thinking like, man, people can get saved today. People yeah. can meet Jesus and change their eternal trajectory today. Amen. And so it's just so cool to see our church live that out through generosity, through reaching community online, through feeding someone, through being a neighbor. Through being like Jesus. Being like Jesus. Right? Being generous with love. Come on. Being generous with your time and being generous with your resources. Like Jesus expanded, you know, or blew people's minds when he came to like feeding thousands of people. Totally. Right? And he wasn't limited to to what he could see in front of him. He, He just said, okay, what do you got? You got fish, you got bread, boom, we'll multiply that. Yeah. And that's what God wants to do through each one of us. He wants to multiply and bless a lot of people. Come but, on. But are we going to do it? Are we going to agree with God that he's still on a mission and step into that mission with him? Right? So one thing, you know, that I just took note of is that this church is, is walking in amazing Christ-like behavior. You know, do we have room to grow? Yeah, absolutely. But just hearing the heart of generosity, like God is generous. He gave us his only son. That was like the most generous thing yes. that God could do. Yes. And he, he gave us his son. And so acts of generosity is basically saying, like, I have the heart of the father, and I'm going to walk in that. Come on. And now he's preaching. Watch out. <laughs> Get it. Yeah, come on. <laughs> it's Let's so talk good. about Jesus all night. It'll work. Yeah. And so, yeah, family, you're killing it. You're living exactly what Desi's talking about. And if, if you're not, like, jump in. Be a part of what God's doing in the midst of this. So I'm going to totally throw it out there because they handed me a mic. If you want to serve <laughs> in this season, we need hands. We need feet. Uh, Sunday morning services, we have jobs in the courtyard. We have people out there waving people down, having a good time with outreach. Mm-hmm. Uh, We're going to ramp up for the fall and help SME with basically school packs because they're going to have to have individual packages for all these kiddos. And so we're going to need help running that supply drive, and it's just going to be a blast. So if you want to serve in this season, you can text our hotline, 760-500-4888, and Stephanie will get you all the information and answer any questions you may have about that. So that's movement yeah. now we're gonna jump wait hang on i want to encourage oh. the guys do it yeah the guys like there's always i know like when when we do outreaches in oaxaca or even when i've seen outreaches done here there's no shortage of ladies there but we always have a shortage of guys you know and so i want to encourage the men specifically to to step up and step in and and do it joyfully right because because jesus paid the ultimate price to be in a relationship with you, for you to be in a relationship with him. For that reason, we should have like a ton of joy and say, you know what? This is my response. I'm going to serve. I'm going to serve until it hurts, right? Sacrificial serving. And I'm going to do my part to impact my community. I'm going to be the example, right? And start setting the tone that we want to see set in the communities that we live in. So good. It's so good. I love it. I love your heart to disciple people. Like all day long. I met this dude, what? Four years ago, yeah. and he shows up in my house for a life group, and he's just like, what's in your heart? <laughs> and I'm like, whoa. What are we doing? What are we doing? <laughs> and you just breathe that and the life and the possibility that there is in the kingdom of God. And so I'm so appreciative of that and in your friendship of just, man, let's dive in. Let's press into the more that God has for us as children of God. Like we're capable Amen. and ready and right now. Let's do it right now. Right now? Right now. Yeah, why wait? Why wait? So good. So that's all I got. Updates on Movement Church in our local community. And we're going to jump. So if y'all don't know, this is Desi Torres. He is a rock star. (laughs) He knows Spanish, too. And (laughs) he... Still learning Spanish. Getting better. Yeah. It always comes back once you're living it and speaking it. I took Spanish in high school. Uh And a little bit retained, just a little. Yeah, I grew up speaking English only. Uh-huh. And I learned Spanish when I went onto the mission field. Because when I was a kid, I was like, I don't ever need to, like, learn Spanish. I live in the greatest country in the world, and we speak English here. And then um, God got a hold of my heart, and all of that changed. And so now I, now I live in another one of the greatest countries in the world, and that's Mexico. 
Come Oaxaca. On. Where's Oaxaca at? Love you guys. <laughs> So good. I love it. Well, as we keep going tonight, we're going to hear what's happening down in Oaxaca, Mexico. But if you have questions for Desi, throw those in the chat. Uh, our moderators tonight, it's Drea and Sila are hanging out in the chat rooms with you. Uh, they'll send those in, and we'll get Desi to answer all of your questions. So they can be about what's going on. They can be about living missionally. Uh, if you just have other questions, I don't know, like what's your favorite color? My favorite color is red. There you go. That one's answered. So, <laughs> so we're going to give a little bit of background on Desi. How many years ago did you come to know Jesus? That happened back in 2011. It was Easter come of 2011. On. And I was attending like a totally different church. But I had like a lot of stuff happening in my life at that time that really caused me to cry out to God. And once I started attending that specific church, um, it, it wasn't about the church, it was about the message, and it was about what was being preached. And so I, I really wanted to know Jesus um, personally, and I decided in my heart that that's what I was going to do, and I haven't looked back since then. Come on. Yeah. Dove in. All in. You, it was saved, and then you started discipleship school. So, so I got saved. A year later, I got baptized at a men's retreat, and then six months after that men's retreat, I, I went to this discipleship school, and then right before I was about to graduate a discipleship school, I got invited to be a long-term missionary, and I said yes, and the funny thing is, is uh, my friend that invited me, he was like, hey, take like a week to think about it, and I was like, no, like I want to go, and he was like, well, no, think about it, and just pray about it, and in my mind, I was thinking to myself, well, I've already been praying about this. Like, yeah. I'm literally walking into the answer to my own prayers. And so I took, like, the week. And, and the night before, like, he wanted my decision. Uh, he called me. He was like, hey, man, you don't need to wait, like, the whole week if you already know your answer. And I was like, well, I already told you last week, like, I want to go. But you told me to think about it. So I have been. I'm, my answer is still the same. I want to go. So I, I went to – I prepared for, like, nine months along with my other team members and then we launched out to Oaxaca, Mexico in 2014, in June of 2014. Crazy. Yeah. And I, I have to say, I haven't known you to be one to not jump and jump quickly. <laughs> right. <laughs> so it makes sense that you were just all in. Yes. Let's go all That's in on I am. this. So, so I've good. Always been. Yes. Yeah. Happens. So two years down in Oaxaca, Mexico, mm. he comes home for a refresh. That's when we met you. Yeah. That's when you got connected with the movement. That was in 2016. 2016, mm -hmm. stayed home for, I think you said a year and a half. About a year and a half, yeah. About a year and a half, and then jumped back into Oaxaca, Mexico, the same region, working with the same ministry, and have been down there for? For two years. Two years. Yeah, I left. I mean, I mean the movement prayed me out on this stage. Yep. In February of 2018, and here we are in July of 2018, or 2020. <laughs> we are not back so, two years ago. Yeah, no, July 2020, so two years wow. in a few months. So Time flies. Big time. Super good. So what's been happening down in Oaxaca? Tell us maybe an update about what's going on. Okay, so I work at a discipleship school. Um, we, we do a number of different things. We train, we equip. And uh, we send back local believers into their church. So we recruit out of a number of different churches. We have great relationships with pastors down there. And our heart is for discipleship, um, not just to know what God's word says, but how to live it out practically. And so we've had people who have graduated that are, are now pastors, who are ministry leaders, or who are working class professionals that are advancing the kingdom of God wherever they're at. We also have missionaries that have been sent out. And so we, our, our whole purpose is to help people to learn about who they are in Christ and then send them out into, into their mission field, you know, whatever that may be. And it's not, for everyone, it's not like leaving the country. Sometimes our mission field is locally and sometimes it is internationally. And so we've had a lot of people that have graduated that have taken on that, that burden of wanting to reach the people of Oaxaca. So Oaxaca is... Um, one, one region, one state in the whole Western Hemisphere where it has the largest population of indigenous people. So that's why we went there. Um, so these indigenous people from all these different tribes, there's a ton of them who have never heard about Jesus. 
And we're like, okay, that sounds really hard. Let's go. And so we did. Yeah. So describe <laughs> indigenous. So it's because I was fascinated because we talk about indigenous as just locals. But Oaxaca is interesting because there's pockets of people that just stay secluded mm -hmm. and completely detached on purpose from the rest of the world. Yeah. So indigenous, um, like what we would think of in American culture would be Native American, uh, Native American tribes. Well, there's tribes in, in Mexico and all throughout, but Oaxaca happens to have the, the largest concentrated population. And so you'll get a mixture of different um, cultures within that, that specific state, different um, languages, Different, different dialects. So there's like Triqui, there's Mixteco, there's Zapotec, there's Mije. There's a whole number of different languages that are spoken. And so we've been in, we've been in pueblos where people speak um, primarily their dialect. And if they know Spanish, they're considered bilingual. And, and not everyone knows Spanish, which is pretty crazy. And so we, we, we encounter that. And so they, they have... They even have their own cuisine. Mm -hmm. Like they, I think around the world, because I've been around the world, everyone kind of eats the same stuff, like beef, uh, lamb, turkey, chicken, that kind of stuff. But it's the spices that make it different. And so even within the indigenous tribes, they have their own kind of cuisine. And they, some of them are prideful. They're like, well, our spicy is a lot more spicy than, than the Mexicans. And you're like, well, aren't we in Mexico? But... And Don't I'll ever take say that no to them. spice. Yeah. No spice for me. Right. <laughs> Zero spice. Throw some ketchup on it. It'll be good. They have ketchup. It's not that good. Okay. <laughs> tomato sauce, right? Yes. It's not actual ketchup. It's just yeah. tomato sauce. They like Heinz. There you go. Yeah. Getting fancy down yeah, there. Totally. Cool. So, so that's such an interesting backdrop for missions mm -hmm. to jump in and be interacting with so many different languages. And I know, Desi, if you missed his Devo, was that last week? The week before? It was, yeah. Was two weeks ago. Right? Yeah, two weeks ago. Two weeks ago. He told a testimony about praying for this woman. They heard it in several languages. Go listen to it. Go dig back into those on YouTube. Yeah. Such a powerful testimony. And only God can in situations like that. Only he can Absolutely. pave a way through those barriers of language and location and mm -hmm. connection. And we don't want outsiders, or we do. And God does it. He breaks through that and makes a path. And he's he after his kids. Right. And he uses hearts that are available unto Come on. him. Right. And that's really like what I, my, my encouragement was in that d devotional was like, if I would have not gone into that Pueblo because of language limitation, because what they spoke or what they speak is mixteco, then that whole family would not have gotten saved, yeah. you know, or, or it may have happened at a way later time, but what would have been the chances for this kid, his mom and his grandma to hear the gospel in three different languages simultaneously. And all, I, and all we were sharing was, was in English, but the Holy Spirit opened their ears and gave them the ability to hear, understand, and receive the message of Jesus and make a decision to say, hey, I want to devote my life to Christ yes. in that moment. And so God can do it, and he's looking for hearts that are available unto him that say yes to him. I love that. So say yes, say ultimately. Yes. Just say yes. Make Just it a habit. Jump in. You know, and... I tell our students that, like, yeah. make it a habit to say yes to God often. Come on. You know, and, and if you're saying no to God often, then you got to change that, you know, like, why, why are you saying no? Like, what, what do you have to fear? You know, what do you have to lose? Um, Jesus already paid the ultimate price. Yeah. Like just have fun with him and say yes. Yeah. <laughs> and there's no, I always talk about growing with God and saying yes is like learning how to walk like a kid. And when a baby's walking and like for all of our parents out there, your toddler takes their first step and they fall on their face, you don't pick them up and slap them and say, do better next time. You're stoked that they took one step. And I just think about God's heart towards us when we dive in and we try it, we take a step and we fall on our face and we get it wrong. And he's stoked that we dove in. He's stoked that we took, uh, we took risk and we're willing to be wrong to reach people. Yeah. And with the right heart, with the right 
uh, ambition and hope in it. Like mm-hmm. it really is for people to meet a savior and walk into eternity, but go for it. Yeah. And be God wrong. will redirect you. Totally. You know, he if, guides you. If you're like doing something that you shouldn't be doing and you, and you think you should be doing it and God told you to do it, he's going to redirect you if, if, if you're not doing, <laughs> not doing it, trust me, he will do it. And yeah. so he's done it to yeah. me and he'll continue to do it. But it's all a matter of saying, okay, Lord, I feel like you're wanting me to do this. I'm going to do it. Um, the results are up to you. And then he's going he's gonna to show you how to do it or he's going to redirect you in the midst of it all. Come on. And then yeah. before you know it, we're all running down the street. Yeah. Having a good old time. That's true. Super <laughs> cool. So this, this school called Impacto mm-hmm. is training up this next generation of leaders. And when we went down in 2018, yeah. it was the fall of 2018, and we helped facilitate a festival where, what were the, I can't remember, that it was like 4,500 people came. It was more than that. Was it? Yeah, it was like 6,000, just under 6,000. Okay. Yeah. Holy moly. It was more <laughs> than that. We had a I lot had. of people. Normally, okay. I'm not the person that undercuts. I'm like, it was 10,000. Yeah, Haley came down with like a group of like four people with you, right? Four or mm-hmm. five people. Yeah. And so a small group, our, our ministry is really small, and we did some heavy-duty plowing, right? We Available did, hearts. It was so, we were joking <laughs> about all the funny interactions that happened, walking, accidentally walking into bars and passing out flyers, and that was me. Yeah. Walking, I I didn't know. I just walked down this corridor, and I'm like, come to a festival. Yeah. She was using her American card big time. <laughs> you just I, you just go for it. Just it say great. yes. Yeah. Just say yes and get people to be excited about this. But these festivals are reaching so many people at one time. Mm-hmm. They happen in a huge open field. They're so fun. And there's kids' games. We did kids' games. I think I painted hundreds of butterflies and Spider-Mans on these kids' faces, and yeah. then stood up, and I was all hunched over because I was crunched, coloring on kids' faces all day. <laughs> but, I mean, the gospel gets preached. Everyone mm-hmm. has tamales. They can get haircuts and nails done and play games and just live and have joy and then hear the message of hope. Yeah. And hundreds get saved at yeah. these things. And so this is part of what Impacto does. This is part of the training with these students, right? Absolutely. It's, uh, it's one of our biggest platforms for outreach. So we have the school where we teach uh, our students the word, uh, who they are in Christ, evan- evangelism basics, all kinds of different stuff. Um, we do local outreaches within the city where yeah. we'll go to like red light district. We'll go to the areas where there's the most trouble, you know, drug addicts we will visit orphanages we plan a lot of different outreaches, um, and then the festivals are our big our big outreach for the semester. So um, I work with about eight other leaders on my team, and each one of them are specialists in their in their specific role. So some are logistics, some are prayer, uh, some are evangelism, some are kids, and and then we have a food area, and so they'll equip the students on how to work those specific areas at the festival. And then those students equip local believers in the regions that were impacting on how to work within those, those areas as well. So it's, it's literally the family of God, like working together. I mean, you have us as a ministry, we have groups like the movement come down. We, we send them out. They, they, we put them in the kids' area uh-huh. mostly, right? Yeah. And that's a lot of fun. A, a lot of work, but a lot of fun. Yes. And we just have a, we have a great time, and we see um, people, like you said, that get to hear the message of hope that can only be found in Jesus. And that's why we do it. And so it's, it's a big training platform for our students um, to show them that, that they, too, can reach their local communities. Um, they can do small outreaches. They can do big outreaches. And we just want we just want to empower people to start thinking a lot bigger than than their smaller circle. You know, like what else? How much can I do? Like not limit God, but let God set the limits. You know, and then let Him do exceeding exceedingly and abundantly above what we could think or ask. So good. Yeah. So we visited a place called Huchitan uh, when we went in 2018, mm-hmm. and. 
Uh, do you have any updates of what's going on in Hujitan? So this, the festival that we helped host with Desi and his team uh, was really the first big evangelism push in that region. Am I right? Yeah. So when, when, we, ha- we, when we went there with the movement team, um, that region had never seen a festival, an evan- evangelistic festival of that magnitude get launched um, yeah. like the way we did it. And so the pastors, the leaders, they were like in awe. They're like, what is going on? Like this small group from the, from the United States, this small group from Oaxaca City are doing a lot of work. I mean, we had our students out plowing the, the streets, doing a lot of outreaches, open air preaching, invitations. And, and all of that after the festival led into even more fruit. And so... So while we saw people get saved, while we had the event, our, our ma- another one of our main goals is also to establish strong associations with pastors, with leaders, even with political leaders in certain regions in order to um, work more effectively with them. And so right now, um, well, before I came back and before COVID, we were planning a huge festival in, in Huchitan all over again. And we were planning. We were coming down. On having the movement there. Yeah. And so, as everyone knows, like the whole world went on lockdown. We had to make, you know, a decision to cancel the festival and to, to hopefully plan for it later on. But our, our plan was to have like one of the biggest kids day events that that region had ever seen. So Mexico celebrates what's called Dia del Niño. And yeah. so it's, it's a day that's literally well celebrated all across the country that celebrates children. And so we wanted to like put the responsibility on the pastors and on the local churches and have them take ownership and involve their people more. And, and I was doing like a lot of work in that region to get that going. And it just went like flat. Like I was like, you gotta be kidding me. So hopefully that that still can happen Sorry in the future, <laughs> yeah. But um, but the the pastors were on board, the leaders were on board. Um, they really wanted to financially invest in their communities and sponsor some of the certain areas that that we have at the festival, which is what we wanted. You know, we wanted them. We want skin in the game. Yeah. Right. Well, there's some. I mean, sowing and reaping, like give people the opportunity to throw it out there yeah, and see what God does when you move in generosity. Cause it changes your whole life, changes your Absolutely. heart. It changes how, like, I know when I started being generous with my own finances and investing, how much that changed about how I walked with God Amen. and unlocked so much. So yeah, you got to give people a chance. Yeah. So we gave them a chance yeah. and they stepped up to it and, and we still have the relationship with them. Obviously I, I reached out to, one of the pastors, he's one of the, the main pastors in that region, to ask him, you know, if the earthquake that happened last week affected them in any way. He said no, um, that it happened in another part of the coast. And then I asked him, you know, how, how are all the pastors doing? He said, everyone's doing great. And then I saw photos of them, like, meeting today. And so these guys, I mean, there's, there's a, a pretty big group of pastors that meet regularly down there um, in that region. It's called the, the Ismo region. And Huchitan, like Haley mentioned, is one of the cities within that region. And depending on their monthly meeting, there's anywhere from 40 to 80 pastors that show up. Um, they pray, they sing, we eat lunch or brunch together. And so that, that has been uh, a meeting that I have attended frequently. Um, I'm not a pastor, but I'm hopefully moving in that direction. But it's funny because they call me pastor. They call me Pastor Desi when yeah. I'm out there. but. Yeah. I'm not going to correct them, but I get to I get to sit in with these guys, hear what their strategic plans are to impact their cities, impact their regions, and and they told me that because of the festival, that their churches are moving more and more in evangelism, and so so that's amazing, yeah. That's so cool, and it's because <laughs> I mean, you think about missions 30 years ago, and it was people coming in doing the work. Mm-hmm. And then if they're gone, it's not happening anymore. Right. And I think God has just given so much revelation to this generation of mission-minded people to say, 
let's go in and equip. There's such a mandate from God, like Matthew 28 mm-hmm. and Acts 1, like go into all the world and teach and train and equip and release because that ripple effect happens. Like Absolutely. you're not hanging out in Huchitan every day, but we know people are getting reached because these pastors were were trained. They were surrounded with love and support and an example of what more could look like. Absolutely. And that ripple is going to keep going. Mm-hmm. In their region. Like, I think the first prayer meeting we held, what was there, like 10 churches there? Yeah. Something like that. And yeah, now you're right talking, there. there's like 40-something yeah. that are gathering and, and catching this and moving to reach this region. It's so powerful. Yeah, and then one of the pastors from that alliance decided to do his own festival and organize it all himself in his pueblo. Come on. He called us and asked for help. And so... Um, the agreement was that we would go as help, but we wouldn't be the main organizers. Yeah. Like, we would just help them facilitate it. And it was a success. They had a ton of people that came out. People got saved. And and it was just amazing to see this pastor. His name is Gustavo. Yeah. See Pastor Gustavo step into, like, a vision that, that was shown to him by what we did. And he was like, we can do that. So good. And I was like, go for it. <laughs> Yes, you know, but that's what it's about. And just I love your guys's open handed heart because their impacto school is not part of a denomination or part of one church. Like their whole mission is to bring the body of Christ together, the whole community of believers and unify them on mission. Like you believe this. I believe this. Jesus is in common. Let's go. Yeah, we have, you know, students that are Baptist, Pentecostal you know, charismatic, like the whole spectrum. Yeah. But no one's like at school, like, oh, you're the Baptist. Oh, okay. Well, I'm not going to pray for the gifts to be stirred up within you. You know, yeah. no one's thinking that. Like, yeah. they're just all friends. I love that. We love Jesus. Yeah. Um, they get out and, and they have fun together, you know, walking in their gifts and seeing lives impacted by the love of Christ flowing through them. Come on. Yeah. And it's a rad group. I had so much fun Yeah, with your crew down They're there. Amazing. And I mean, work <laughs> hard. I don't think I slept harder than I slept after a day walking around Oaxaca, passing out flyers, but yeah. it's, it's work. <laughs> it's a lot of work. It's a lot of walking and, but it's street ministry, but the people, man, it just, the passion and the heart that are flowing. Yeah. It's so cool. And, amazing. Yeah. Fruit of this ministry. Mm-hmm. So how has COVID affected ministry for you guys? Oh, wow. Okay. So we have, we have a school where students come, they attend, uh, we do classes. It's Tuesday through Friday, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Well, that changed. We, yeah. couldn't, we couldn't have them come to school anymore. Um, we had to put restrictions because restrictions were put on us and we wanted to respect that. And so we started doing like online classes, which that changes the dynamics when you, when your, when your school is based on like community building in Christ and you're sitting in front of a computer screen doing zoom, that's going to change the dynamics of how the community can be built. But what we did continue in was our group, our discipleship groups. Um, so like, my guys, they would come to my house. Uh, we would meet. We would talk about Jesus, ask how everyone's doing. And typically, like, in, in normal school hours, our discipleship groups would go from, like, 1130 to 2 or 12 to 2. Mm-hmm. Um, well, these guys, like, wanted to show up early at my house. They wanted to get there at, like, 9 or 10 and go to, like, 3. <laughs> so it was a lot more work. They're stoked. Yeah. They're stoked on learning. But they really enjoyed being around each other. They really enjoyed um, praying for I one another that. and encouraging one another. And I was blessed to be a part of that and blessed that God provided me with a home large enough um, to be able to have those guys. And so, so the, the dynamics of the school changed because we weren't able to meet. The dynamics of our group changed because um, we had more time. Our outreaches changed as well. We would do um, co-ed outreaches throughout the throughout mm-hmm. the semester, and some of them went back that way. But 
but we put the responsibility on, on the specific leaders and the students to plan their own outreaches. Cool. And so we were- There's learning in that though. A lot of it. Plan it yourself. Yeah, I mean, they, I didn't like throw them, throw them in the water to drown. Like there was accountability in it. Yeah. And, um, and a lot of checking in. Um, and so, so we, would, we would sit down and, and plan out where we're going um, what we wanted to do, whether it was like food distribution or if it was just going to houses and praying or both. Most of the time it involved food distribution for families that were in need. So we would communicate with our students. We would communicate with the pastors that we had great relationships with or have great relationships with and say, hey, is there anyone in your community that needs help that is really struggling? They don't have to be a Christian um, if they are, that's great. If they're not, that's great. Yeah. And so we started getting like these lists of people that that needed help. And so I was sending out like five different groups all around the city. Everyone was going out and distributing food buckets or items that that were going to be of service for the people. And we were hearing like amazing stories of like salvations, deliverance, healings, restoration, yeah. like everything that you should expect when you're living like Jesus, you know? And mm -hmm. so that was like so beautiful to me. I'm the outreach coordinator. That's one of, one of the titles that I have. Mm -hmm. Just like Haley's outreach coordinator here. So, so I'm the outreach coordinator. And so when I hear and see groups of people stepping into outreach with joy, yeah. it's amazing. It's so cool. Yeah. Well, what a way to like pivot. Like you guys had this rhythm and I know you run yeah, quick when like you're down push. there and <laughs> it's it's hard when the world changes around you and you have to rethink and be innovative of mm -hmm. we still want to reach people we're not going to go hide away we want to touch the world how do we do it in this season and what a way to honor people like working through the relationships that you have and like exactly what we've heard testimonies of our church doing of yeah. just man my neighbors I have relationship with my neighbors what are their needs how can we love them in the season? And what is shedding light and showing Jesus to them today look like? So what a cool shift you guys made in that season. Yeah, it was amazing. I mean, in, in the two short months, you know, that was about what it was before we finished up our, our, last, our last semester. Within those two months and the outreaches, we saw like 303 people impacted. Come on. We, we had, there was like 24 salvations. Yes. 11 people got healed. Seven people got delivered from demonic oppression. And then we had 14 people rededicate their lives back to Christ. And then we, well, we also tallied about 192 people that, that received prayer during those outreaches. Come on. And so we're, we're kind of like you. We're, we'll scale it down. We're like... It may have been more, and we actually think it was more, but if you were to see the, the size of these groups and then go back and listen to these numbers and then understand what was going on with so quarantine. How like, many students do you have uh, that were doing this? There was about 20. Come on. Yeah, 20 students, and, and it's not easy to, like, go to neighborhoods and do this yeah. with this quarantine going on, so... So they were up to the challenge, yeah. which was really amazing. Well, I mean, I sneezed in the grocery store, and a woman ran away from me. So Really? Yes. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> when all this was happening, and I was like, I just have allergies. <laughs> but but it's true. Like, everyone's comfortability level is different. Yeah. And knocking on a door, you don't know where people are at. Mm -hmm. And you have to be cautious of that. You have to, you have to take, take those things into consideration and not impose um, – what your beliefs are totally based on you know the measures that are being taken for COVID-19 it's like literally just asking questions like mm -hmm. hey are you okay with shaking hands or just not do it you know just like yeah. use discernment in the moment and yeah and then walk in that what an impact mm -hmm. I love that and what else is there any other like I know you prepared things are there like testimonies you want to share with about what's been going on oh well What's been going on is we're preparing uh, to have a shift in our, in our school. Mm -hmm. So we're continuing our Tuesday through Friday 10 to 2 program, and then we're adding another program to it. So more work. Um, we're changing the way we're doing outreach. 
it's exciting. Um, so we're going to go, we're going to open up Monday night. So we're going to have a day program and we're going to have a night program. Okay. And I get to work both. Whoop. Thank you, Jesus. Yay, Mondays. And so Monday night, we're going to have school. And that's pretty much uh, something that we're going to experiment with. You know, we, we kind of want to test it out to see if, if people are actually going to um, come and join the school. During, during uh, the last few years, while we've been recruiting for Impacto, one of the biggest obstacles or one of the biggest objections that people tend to have is, um, I work, I can't take time off from 10 to 2 yeah. to, to attend the school. And so we're, we're trying to eliminate that objection by opening up a program that is more accessible um, to those that, that might have that challenge. Cool. And so hopefully, hopefully they'll, they'll come. Um, they're going to experience a lot of the same things that the, the Tuesday through Friday students do, um, just in a less intense form. It's still going to be intense, but we're going to have retreats. We're going to have outreaches. We're going to have um, missions trips and festivals. All mm -hmm. of those things are still going to be a part okay. of their curriculum yep. and requirements in order to graduate. And so those are a couple of things that, that we're continuing and that, that we're starting. Um, we're also not doing any festivals for the rest of this year, and that's mostly because of the, the COVID crowd, measures. Crowd control. Yeah, crowd control. <laughs> and so um, th what we'll be doing this, these next six months is planning missions trips. Like when I get back to Oaxaca, I'll be going back to Oaxaca next week. Um, I'll, I'll have like a week, I'm going to say downtime, but it's not really downtime. Um, before I go to Guadalajara, I'll be in Guadalajara for a few days. I get back to Oaxaca City, and then um, I'm planning another trip to go to Mexico City. Um, and we've been getting like information that's saying that the city is going to be opening back up. So oh. we're planning like outreaches in, in Mexico City. And then when I get back, we launch we launch into recruiting. We get into the the semester, and then at the end of this year in December, we have three different groups going out. Um, one to Brazil, one to Cuba, and one to Chiapas. And so I'll be leading the, the group to, to Cuba, um, and we're excited for that. So instead of doing festivals, we're doing international missions or regional missions because mm -hmm. Chiapas is a state yeah. in Mexico. It's just south of Oaxaca. It's also one of the, the poorest states, just like Oaxaca. Rad. So when you talk about like you're doing all these trips, what are what's the heart behind this? Like when you drop into Mexico City, what is your lens? What are you after okay, in so, those moments? So my team is going to Mexico City. Our our lens is to to go to the most difficult areas. So when when I was told that, hey, you're gonna take a team to Mexico City, first thing that goes through my head is where's the most trouble and then how can we start serving there? So we will be going to some of the most challenging neighborhoods um, where there's a, a ton of crime, yeah. um, where most people probably would not want to go. And there's even people on my team that are like, I don't know about that, but yeah. we're going. <laughs> um, we'll go to like the red light district. We're going to visit, um, you know, the drug addicts. We're going to just go after, you know, the people that, that are broken. We're also, our, our intention is to like partner with churches there and start forming associations with churches in Mexico City and use that as an avenue for recruiting for our school. And so we've had people from Mexico City come to Oaxaca that have gone through the program, that have graduated, that are leaders in their church. Mm -hmm. And so we're looking for more. Come on. Yeah. I love that. And I think what I love the, the focus that you guys have of we're going to live a mission. Like I'm going to take a missions trip three cities over mm -hmm. and I'm going to go be a missionary in Oceanside. So for us, three cities over, I'm going to go spend two weeks in Oceanside yeah. and be a missionary to Oceanside's this city. Great. And I'm going to walk the streets. And I know when you jump into those regions and we've been to several locally and around the world mm -hmm. that red light districts or super gang centers or there's a lot of crime or yeah. just extreme poverty and man you drop in and it's prayer time like you're mm -hmm. walking through you're interceding and you're just asking the lord who do we talk to what do we do who do we minister to and so 
I love that your perspective is not missions is going far away. It's going a city over. Yeah. And, and, and so like, even when we plan to go meet, let's say the drug addicts, mm -hmm. it's not just like, let's go there. Let's provide them with some sandwiches and preach the gospel. Like that's part of it. Yeah. But, but I, I like to think a lot more thoroughly. Yeah. Like what, what's the start to finish? Like Come on. what happens if someone gets saved? What are then we going to do? Yeah. What happens if someone wants to stop doing drugs? Then what do we do? Mm -hmm. You know, and so so we think through our outreaches in that way, even like with the, with the prostitution rings, like we try to think through like start to finish solutions. Where are we going to take people? Who are we going to work with? Yeah. What are resources that we can provide right now? And so even with our outreaches in Oaxaca, if someone in the, in the Central de Abastos gets saved, which, which that's where the drug addicts tend to hang out in pockets. Mm -hmm. If they get saved or they, they decide that they want to stop doing drugs, uh, we have another ministry that we work with. We'll either pay for a taxi, a bus, or provide a van Super to take cool. them to that, to that rehabilitation center. So that, that we're not just like, oh, you want to go? Well, call this number and figure it out. Like We're, we're like, no, let's do something right now. I love you know? that. Yeah. And so I like to... Um, get our students thinking the same way. Like, what, are, what is the ultimate solution? Yeah. Like, what would happen if, if the orphanages closed down in Oaxaca? Like, what would happen if, like, we got those kids into, into homes where those people love Jesus, and now those kids are getting to know Jesus, and the, the orphanages didn't have such a high concentration wow, yeah. of, of kids without fathers or kids without parents? Like, how do we get these kids in homes? And so... Oh, I just moved. Yep. I'm in the middle of a move. And so. With no furniture, by yeah, the way. I this guy has no furniture. He's, wait, you said you got a table from your landlord. Yeah, I have a table. There's a table. I have a, I have a table and I have pots and pans, but I have nothing to cook on because there's like not even a stove. Oh my gosh. Yeah. My, my apartment. We got to get this guy some furniture, guys. I need it. <laughs> but I just moved and, and the area of town that I was living in before is, you know, highly populated, well-developed, and the area I moved to now is not that way. It's mm -hmm. really undeveloped, a lot of dirt roads, um, and it's also one of the poorer areas of Oaxaca, but there's an orphanage there that we work with, and so um, my heart, like, once I moved, I was like, man, I need to connect with Pastor Francisco I need mm -hmm. to figure out, like, what I can do regularly to, like, um, help these kids that are there. Like, my mind just goes that way. Yes, I'm like, what yeah. can I do right now to help? Do they need help with homework? You know, can I, can I go and just play, play baseball with them? You know, do some arts and crafts? Do, do I need to clean the facilities? Like, so cool. That's, that's, like, what I'm thinking about, what I want to start doing on my day off, you yeah. know, and so. Well, and that's where your influence is, like, where your neighborhood is and the community that builds around that. You have such an opportunity to minister and be light and be love and preach Amen. in those spaces. Yeah. And so what a, what a, I love that you focus on opportunity. Mm -hmm. Every place that I am, every thing that happens like COVID was an opportunity. This earthquake was an opportunity. This move to this neighborhood is an opportunity and let's jump in and be that opportunity Amen. to yeah. the other people, like be their opportunity to meet a King. Mm -hmm. There's tons of opportunities. Yeah. And it just depends on how we see things. You know? Totally. Switch your lens. Mm -hmm. Switch your lens. I love it. Well, does that mean my time's up? Yes, she said yes. So we're going to kind of wrap up here tonight. Was there any other big thing that you want to share mm. with your family? With my church family? Oh, keep me in prayer. Yeah. Um, these next six months, like aside from ministry, um, I'm going to be planning to step into the next season of my life. So I have a girlfriend now. Um, She's on. I think I saw her on Facebook. Hola, Sara. Te amo She's mucho. throwing out hearts. <laughs> Um, so I have a girlfriend now. Uh, she's worked with me since 2018, and I've known her since 2015. So um, I, I don't plan on having her as a girlfriend for long. I want to marry her. And so I have a lot of... Sada, close your ears. <laughs> <laughs> I have a lot of things that I, I need to do, um, mostly financially. Yeah. And so uh, 
if you're a missionary, you're not making a lot of money. Totally. And so I have to figure out how, where that money's going to come from. Pray for me for finances. Come on. Um, in order for that to happen. I'm hoping, you know, sometime around December, January, February of this coming year for, for that transition to happen. And so that would probably be like my biggest prayer request right now cool. is um, just doing, do, doing what I need to do, yeah. be faithful and, and trust in God's provision. Totally. Exactly. I love it. Yeah, we'll be bringing a flight full of people down. Come on now. For this wedding. It's going to be worship a worship team. It's going to be a party. <laughs> it's going to be so fun. Yes. So with that, I mean, we love Desi. He's a movement missionary. We are surrounding him. They're going to throw in the chat a link to his page that's on our website. It has a, a space where you can sign up for his newsletter. He's going to be sending out monthly newsletters to stay up to date with mm. testimonies and stories and prayer requests and uh, needs and celebration moments, and we want you to stay connected with that. That newsletter will also have attachments to his Facebook and his brand new Instagram. Yes, I got nudged into getting Instagram today. He got he got voluntold for <laughs> yeah. Instagram. So I and I don't even use mine. So I'm. Oh, thanks. You're welcome. <laughs> Not the person to enforce that, but just as a way for y'all to stay connected. Pray for me about that too. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll both learn together. A way to to stay connected with what he's doing, see yeah. what's happening. I think I have friends who are on the mission field, and I just come alive when I see the stories of them reaching people and ministering. And mm -hmm. uh, it's just so cool. It's encouraging to know that around the world, people are living the gospel. People are getting saved. People are coming into this global church family of kingdom and we'll get to spend eternity just having like a massive dance party and it's yeah. going to be so fun so check out that link sign up for his newsletter you're going to want to stay up to date with what he's doing that page also has a financial giving link uh support him if it's a one-time donation you can also schedule a monthly donation to support what he's doing thank you uh <laughs> Yes. Uh, it's important, and we get to sow into the work that he's doing and, and all of this celebration of the people being reached and these pastors collaborating become a part of what we are doing as a church family around the world. And it's a mandate, and we're saying yes to it, and you're saying yes, and we're diving in, and you can say yes too. And it'll be a good old time. So check that out. You want to click on those things. Uh, Oh, we did have one question. Okay. Before we jump away, I think it'll be quick. Do you, so Lydia asked, do you get any pushback from the Catholic churches? Oh, yeah. I mean, not, not from the, the, the church itself, but mm -hmm. like from Catholics, you know, there's a, a lot of deep-rooted Catholicism in Mexico in general. And so um, we've, We've gone through um, evangelizing, evangelism equipping to know how to witness to Catholics. Cool. Um, it's, it's not that complicated. It's just, yeah. you know, explaining to them that, you know, you know, different things about baptism. Like, we don't baptize in a religion. We baptize in a person. Yeah. You know, explaining to them what it is to be saved by grace through faith. Mm -hmm. You know, fundamentals that, that we as Christians should know and believe and know how to, how to testify of. But, yes, Lydia, we do get resistance from Catholics. Yeah. Well, not, I think anywhere you go, there's mm -hmm. different belief systems that you navigate and you learn how to, we call it contextualizing to a person. So communicating in a framework that they understand mm -hmm. and seeing the common ground and being able to show Jesus in the midst of that. And I know a lot of Catholics that are gung-ho about Jesus mm -hmm. and we celebrate that. And that's yeah. common ground and that's enough. We have students that, that have been former Catholics that yeah. are now Christians that are really effective in witnessing mm -hmm. to Catholics. We also have a church that we planted, a house church, about five hours outside the city of Oaxaca, where a lot of those local believers were at one point Catholics, but now they're Christians. So, yeah. So it's just a matter of, you know, like in First Peter it says... Um, to always be ready to give an answer for the hope that is within you, mm. you know, like yeah. be ready, be ready to, to share about Jesus and be ready to know how to share 
about Jesus. Come on. Your faith, right? Now that's a word, and we're going to end on that word. Okay. <laughs> be ready. We're all going to be ready. And uh, if you have any questions for Desi, just follow up. You can reach out to him personally on his Facebook, on his brand new Instagram. Uh, You can also reach out to that hotline number, 760-500-4888. And we can connect you directly with Desi. But best way to stay up to date and connected is signing up for that newsletter. So go ahead and do that. I think that's all we got for tonight. Thanks for being with us. It was a a fun time. And Thank you, guys. We'll see you Sunday. Love you, Movement Family. I feel like we should wave. Adios. Bye.